There's a quote I read the other day. It was an investor having a conversation with someone else on Twitter, and he was talking about how he looks for founders that can run through walls because typically what happens is when you start a company, walls just start erecting themselves around you, which is 100% true. There's always something that happens. Like, I feel like we, you know, make two steps forward and then something else pops up. We try to go and do something and then this didn't work. And it's like the biggest part of being a successful entrepreneur is just being super resilient. You just got to keep going. Hey there, and welcome back to the show. If you're new here, welcome. I am your host, Rachel Todd, the girl who will be asking all of the questions, but more importantly, the person getting inspired by my guests who have accomplished a lot to get to where they are. You Might Be a Badass is a space where we sit back, kick off our shoes, and dig into the weeds of countless personal success stories. Don't let the might in the show's title fool you. Every person you will hear from is without a single doubt a badass. I speak with entrepreneurs, nine to fivers, stay-at-home moms, athletes, and basically everyone in between. My goal here is to discover the different depths in which we define what it means to be successful. Success means something different to every person. And ultimately, if you're pursuing your passions and living life to the fullest, you too just might be a badass. It's a vast understatement to say that the way that we've traveled in the past year has dramatically changed. Since the beginning of shelter in place, trips to the beach or even the grocery store sometimes felt like an adventure. But then we expanded to little weekend getaways and even longer road trips, seeing our own backyard in a whole new way. Now, you might not think that 2020 was the most opportune time to launch a new travel-focused business, but that's where you're wrong, and exactly what co-founders Casey and Sam did. With much, much different plans at the peak of launching their new company, Well Traveled, instead of backing out and waiting for things to calm down, they saw an opportunity to meet people where they were and pivoted, Ross Geller style, <laughs> into what the world needed right now. Well Traveled is a really exciting new resource that brings long and short distance travelers alike the ability to customize their trips ahead of time in a social forward interface that wasn't built in the 1980s. Right now, the platform is invite slash member only, but I've added a link in the show notes to sign up. So be sure to check it out after today's episode and see for yourself what amazing features you can use towards your next trip. Because trust me, our next travel plans are about to go off. Hello, hello. Good morning, you guys. Thank you for joining me on what's sure to be another great episode of the podcast. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves? Good morning. Thanks so much for having us. We're so excited to be here. Um, so I'm Sam. I'm one of the co-founders of Well Traveled and the CEO. I live in LA with my husband and Labradoodle dog, Alfie, who is Right here. So if he does start barking, I apologize in advance. He's a passionate supporter of well-traveled. So, you know, these topics. <laughs> Love it. Can never apologize for dogs. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and I'm Casey. I'm the other co-founder of Well Traveled. Um, I'm the CSO. And um, I live in LA as well with my husband, my little girl, Lily, and our two dogs, Milo and Mabel, which hopefully they will be behaving this morning. So we'll see. (laughs) Casey, I was trying to figure out how long I've known you. I feel like at this point, it's maybe like a decade, which is really crazy. Like I'm having flashbacks of like USC tailgates or or something. I I can't quite pinpoint the place, but it feels like, you know, it's at least been a decade at this point, which is crazy. Yeah, my husband and I have been together eight years this this March. So I think it was right around that time when I started meeting you was like a little bit before I met my husband. So I think, you know, before I met Austin. So I think so wild. And then Sam, I was reading about your intro and I just had to, had to point out, I, you did like a little intro on, on, um, one of your posts about how you always thought that you were a Rachel, but actually in recent years, you've discovered that you're more of a Monica. Oh. And I thought that that was the realest thing ever. I identified with that so much. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think I realized when I was like spending like two hours cleaning our house and kind of having a nice time, I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny. Growing up, I always wanted to be a Rachel, but yeah, definitely as I grow up, I'm like a little bit more anal about things than I yeah. actually realized. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. Maybe there's like a sprinkle of Phoebe in there too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we get into um, more specifics on your guys's backgrounds? What, uh, where did you guys go to school? And then kind of like sure. the the individual paths leading to you guys starting this new venture in your lives together. Sure. Sam, let's start with you. Yeah, yeah. So I, despite most of my friends being from SC at this point, my husband went to SC. I did not go to USC and neither did Casey, which I think, I think a lot of people seem to think we did because like our whole (laughs) networks kind of revolve around SC, which is kind of ironic. (laughs) I went to the other SC, Santa Clara, um, and met my husband actually after and Casey after through just some mutual friends. I'm sure we'll talk more about how we met in a second. But so my background is in consumer tech and marketing. So I started early on in the Bay Area in San Francisco in the ad tech world um, at like a couple really small startups ended up growing to be pretty, pretty big companies. But I think I knew really early on at the time I wanted to be in um, the consumer space. So I purposely transitioned my career more in that direction. And then, of course, the theme of this conversation and most of my conversations is going to revolve around travel. Right. So I knew from a really early age I wanted to travel. I wanted to do international business. That's what I studied in, in college as well as marketing. And so I also purposely kind of took steps in my career to to kind of move in that direction where I was able to do that. So most of my roles early on were focused around growing international strategies and kind of expanding operations overseas. So I was very fortunate in that I did get to travel a lot, um, kind of from a really young age uh, professionally. Um, And then personally, not you would never tell about my accent, but I'm actually British. My family is all in the UK. And so we traveled a lot back and forth when I was younger. And so just kind of that, that travel bug really set in like early on, I think. Um, my parents, my dad also traveled a lot for work. So I think it just kind of was like ingrained in like me from a really young age that that was something that I loved to do and always wanted to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I went, moved on. I worked at Pandora um, for a little while in the Bay Area and then eventually came down to LA for a role at Snapchat. Um, was there for a short while and then was most recently at Dollar Shave Club. So kind of, again, transitioned more to that consumer marketing side of things. 
Um, but just always felt this kind of nagging um, kind of desire that I wanted to do something on my own. And then I think when the idea for Well Traveled came around, it just made so much sense in so many ways. But I can kind of get into that um, a little bit more. Or I don't know, Casey, you want to do, do your quick intro first, and then we can talk about kind of the Well Traveled origin story. Absolutely. So um, I went to Pepperdine, as Sam said, uh, <laughs> did not go to USC, like friends um, and my husband as well. Um, but I went to Pepperdine and uh, studied international business. And the, the area that I really built my you know career in was really essentially the world of bringing people together, um, building relationships and community. So I started first in nonprofit fundraising and communication. Um, did a lot about kind of bringing communities together to, and you know under the guise of fundraising and, and kind of coming together. Um, and then I moved into private education. I was working in admissions and marketing uh, for private high school, um, but then transitioned more into like the, the membership side of things. So I moved to a country club, was around their membership communication, a lot of their membership member relations. Um, and then most recently it was at a brand new social club that's opening here in LA and was running membership. I was the second employee that they hired. Uh, so I really got to see it from kind of the ground up about what it was like to, to work in a startup world and all the craziness that goes into that. Um, and that's where I was when, when Sam actually approached me with this idea about well-traveled. Um, and I'd say similar to Sam, I really have a real passion for, for travel. It's something that I caught the bug actually when I was in college. Uh, Pepperdine has a great international program where you're able to go and live abroad for a whole school year. And, you know, you have all your classes there, but you also travel every, every weekend. And um, I was became really passionate about travel. And that's one of the big things my husband and I really bonded about as well. Uh, so travel is, for me, it wasn't in a professional sense. It was definitely on a personal level. Um, but I, you know, kind of was always that person that when friends would go to plan a trip, they'd end up calling me and like, Hey, have you heard about this? And I love connecting people. So even if I didn't know about a trip or didn't know, hadn't been to that location, I'd be like, Oh, I have a friend that went here. Let me go and ask her for a Rex and kind of was already doing that naturally in my life. Cause I very much like to connect people and, and kind of get people together. Um, so yeah. <laughs> really cool. Um, the travel abroad piece is something that I always had a little bit of a regret in my life. I was a, a transfer student in college, so I kind of had more of a timeline of when I was supposed to graduate, according to my father. Um, so there was really no time to waste, um, but definitely definitely a regret of mine of not taking advantage of being able to, to see the world while on somebody else's uh, <laughs> payroll for a little bit there. <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's, let's get back into the Absolutely. the origin story of, um, of well travel club and, huh. and, um, really kind of where it started to take off. Sure. So I think, you know, towards the, when I was at Dollar Shave Club, I kind of had been, been milling around on this idea and I just felt like every time I was going to plan a trip or looking for recommendations, I felt like it was just a pain in the butt and I couldn't figure out a way, you know, I'm sure you've all been there with the Google docs and the Excel sheets and the emails back and forth and me being like, Hey, have you been to this country? And someone forwarding me their study abroad list from 10 years ago at this point, cause we're old now. Um, and <laughs> I just felt like there had to be a better way to do this. And, you know, there's so many platforms out there that I think one of the things that's really interesting with travel is it's changed so much. I mean, even in the past year, right? Obviously elephant in the room, but I think even the way our parents used to travel versus how we travel and just what the different motivations and kind of like needs and desires that they get out of that process is just different, right? Like I think 
when my parents would travel, they would go somewhere for maybe like a week or two weeks at a time and just stay there. I think now people are like, no, I want to see everything. I'm going to bop around and do two days in Paris and three days in Rome and two days in London. And it's just, I, I was just realizing that a lot of the tools that have been designed were built 20 years ago and they really haven't changed much since. So I was like, okay, I don't feel like there's something out there that's really addressing the needs of, of me as a younger, more tech savvy um, traveler. So I just started asking around and I, the resounding response I got was, yeah, it's, I don't feel like that either. A lot of people default to using like TripAdvisor, which, you know, I think they've done a great job, obviously, of building a huge platform, but it's just not something that's really relevant to this audience anymore. Um, so I just started having a lot of conversations and I was like, you know, I feel like there's really something here. And I feel like what's so interesting about this group, this group of travelers or this younger group of travelers is that like, there's this big focus on community with a lot of um, companies now. And I think for some companies, it can be an afterthought, but I think for the ones that are doing it really well, that are kind of doing it from the beginning and leading with that in mind and connecting people, like Casey said, I think there's something really powerful there. And so I think from the beginning, I knew I wanted it to, to come from that place of, of building a community. And so that's kind of what prompted me to reach out to Casey since, you know, she has this great background in, in doing that. And I was like, hey, I have this crazy idea. Um, I'm going to go for it. Like, uh, do you, what do you think? And I think it initially started as me just kind of like asking her kind of like questions and like picking her brain. And then eventually I was like, I think we like went out to dinner and we're like Austin and Alex because our husbands are friends. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna like ask her if she wants to like do this like, all the time. And Alex is like, <laughs> okay. I think we like went, we went like the whole dinner and I didn't say anything. And Alex is like kicking me. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm just gonna <laughs> ask her. And she was just kind of like, yeah. And then it kind of just grew from there. So it was, it's an interesting co-founder story because it was really organic. And I think that's pretty unique. Like I haven't really, like most people are either like, I'm going to do this on my own or I'm going to go find a co-founder. And like, I didn't really feel either way about it. I just, I felt like her background and my background complement each other so well. Like we're really, we're really different skill sets in a lot of ways, but we're also very similar in some ways. But um, I think we balance each other out professionally and even just like personality wise, like very well. Um, so it just kind of came together really organically, which is kind of cool. Yeah, it sounds like almost a, a little dating story of you were you were a little shy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of what you have to do with found with co-founders, honestly, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I remember, you know, you were kind of bringing it up quite often. You know, every time we talk, you'd kind of be writing ideas. Oh, I'm kind of thinking about this, and what do you think about that? And I remember going behind the scenes to my husband, and being like, "Oh, man, I would just love to be a part of this," you know. And so I was so excited when you finally actually did ask. Um, and it wasn't just me, you know, hoping to be a part of it. It was actually something that you wanted as well, which is really exciting. So, <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's talk about, um, some of the intricacies of what the website actually is. Um, so if you were able to kind of like, I hate to say like one line pitch, but how, how do you overall describe, you know, the essence of, of what you guys are doing? Sure. So I mean, I feel like the one one line pitch changes all the time because we're still trying to figure it out in a lot of ways. But <laughs> right now, or as it's um, the way I would describe it is we're a members only community and booking platform for a new generation of travelers. Um, and that's that's really kind of the way I describe it is there's kind of these three pillars to the company. There's you can plan your trips with well travel, so you can come on. Um, there's an interactive platform. You can access reviews. You can build kind of lists as like a planning tool. You can share content with other members. Um, and that's a really 
cool piece of it. I think there's the second piece, which is booking with us. So we actually offer a booking service where members get a lot of fun perks when they book with us. Um, it's also just like a really nice white glove service. You're always going to be taken care of. Um, so you can rest assured, you know, you're getting the best one value, but also service. And then the third piece is really that community element that it all kind of gets wrapped up in, right? Is that I think a lot of the sites out there you'll see are really built for individual utility and something that, again, was really important to both of us is making sure that we were a platform for people to connect with each other and kind of find and share recommendations with their their network and like-minded um, peers. Is it, um, is it social? So you can almost like have friends within the platform and, and operate that way? Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, Casey. And I... That was a big part of what we, you know, we're wanting to build is that, you know, we, we bring together this community, but we also hope that our members are, are able to take the opportunity to build communities within the community, um, being able to follow people that they either know and trust, or maybe they go in and start realizing that the same person is reviewing the exact same spots that they've reviewed and they kind of have the same travel taste. And maybe they want to start following that person as well. Um, you can also reach out to other members. So if you want clarification on stuff, you can you can actually talk to them. Um, and lots of ways to kind of find that that social element um, as much as, as our members would like. That's so cool. What I understand of it is that it's not fully public yet. You guys are still kind of in an introductory phase of more of, I don't know if it's actually technically in beta or or how you guys are calling it, but it's not fully wide just yet, correct? Well, so I can clarify that a little bit. So in terms of, I guess I didn't actually really talk about how we launched the company. So um, I'll talk about that for a second because it's a little bit of an interesting story. So I left Dollar Shave Club, you know, towards the end of 2019 um, was working on this full time, brought Casey on kind of officially, I want to say in like March of 2020. And then as we all know, the world came to a halt. Um, so we were, you know, planning on launching the platform in like April or May of 2020. (laughs) And, you know, I think we had to sit down and we're like, what are we going to do? Do we even launch this platform? Is this insane? And we definitely made a lot of adjustments just given everything that's going on. But I think what was really interesting is I think a lot of people at that time were really hurting when it came to travel. You know, people had canceled weddings, they'd canceled honeymoons, they'd canceled, you know, um, trips with their girlfriends or like their partners or to see their parents. And so I think a lot of people were stuck in like a negative news cycle or feeling pretty bummed out. Um, and there wasn't a lot of optimism when it came to travel. So we were like, you know what, we're going to launch this beautiful platform. We're going to do it in a little bit of a different way. We did launch a private beta. Um, and we're just going to invite people to come on and share past experiences, you know, review places they've been to plan for like a future trip and just try and help people keep this like sense of wanderlust alive. And also just see that there are other people out there that, you know, miss traveling and want to talk about it too. Um, a lot of people thought we were insane, which is understandable, launching a travel company in the middle of a pandemic. However, I think, you know, Casey and I both knew that if we could do this and kind of build this community over, you know, the next like year or months or whatever, um, and start establishing that trust with our members up front, like it created just a huge opportunity for us to then be able to continue to grow as things did get back to, I'm going to say in quotes, normal. I don't think it's I don't think things will be the same way that they were before, but I do think that it gave us an opportunity to create a solution that was designed for people in, I hate saying this, the new normal, but it's true, right? Um, 
So to answer your original question, we are publicly available. We took the beta off at the end of October. Um, and we, but we just kind of spent that whole summer, really. We had, you know, a few hundred people on the platform and just spent the summer, like, listening to them, understanding what they're doing, where are you traveling? A lot of people are traveling domestically. So, you know, Casey kind of led this overhaul of the content on the site to be like, all right, let's, you know, get a bunch of destinations up that people are actually going to. They're doing these road trips. They're not traveling internationally right now. Like they will someday, but let's make sure we're putting out content that's relevant to, to them at this point in time. Um, so after that, and that's actually ironically how we ended up launching the booking service. We didn't actually have that live when we initially launched the beta. That was really based off feedback that we got from people of them being like, hey, this is a really cool platform. Do you guys book these properties as well? So we were able to actually accelerate that launch like a year ahead of schedule to just meet people where they were and help them. Because I think a lot of people were feeling like, I don't know where to go. I got to get out of my house. But I don't know where I can go. Like what's safe? What, what are some hotels that are doing a really great job of keeping up with these standards? And we kind of incorporated that all into like the site and our service as well. So we are now, you know, publicly available. I will say to date, it's been more invite only. Like we haven't really done any marketing or um, promotion around the company. We've just kind of been like coming out of this stealth mode at this point in time. Um, but, you know, anybody can apply. Um, we do have a referral program, which you know, Casey can get into a little bit, but um, it is open for applications. Long answer to your question. <laughs> so I'm actually a member and I've, I've started creating my pa- platform slowly but surely um, through Casey's cousin. She, she is such a traveler. Um, we actually went to Europe in 2019, which I guess was our last trip ever, which is sad or not ever, but for for now, for now. Um, But yeah, to your point, like at the time, um, you know, we were sharing this, this sheet of passed along information from other people and just trying to figure out, you know, an itinerary, you know, you kind of have to figure out like what each individual person's, um, you know, priorities are and kind of meet in the middle that way. Um, so obviously there is such, such a space for something like this. Like you said, like in the new tech era where people are so much more on their phones while traveling and figuring things out in real time, you know, you have to, to, um, let's say you, you had your heart set on one restaurant and all of a sudden it's closed or, or something, you know what I mean? Like, um, so, so I I definitely see, um, huge potential for being able to use this while on the go in addition to planning things out ahead of time and, and taking along people's recommendations, which is so, so cool. For sure. What, what is the, you're, you're phrasing it as like an invite proposition, which, which is really fun. Um, is that people kind of raising their hand and saying, you know, like, I would like to be included. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about how that, how that works? So I think a a big part of our platform, um, and like acquisition is, is that we want, we want people to be able to bring their community with them. Uh, we recognize that a lot of times, you know, you have people that you really trust, you trust their travel style. Um, you want to know where they've been, you want them, they're going to be asking you, you know, for those Google sheets, those Excel sheets that you always have, or write, ask you to write all these emails. And so we really want to help you out to be able to build your communities. So that's why we launched, that was the entire emphasis of this referral program is that if you're on the site and you're loving it, you could actually invite your community to come on as well and be part of this as well. It makes the site so much more usable for you 
Um, you can then sort by, you know, their recommendations and their reviews, and you can share, you know, different, you know, aspects of the site with them. Um, so that's kind of where a big emphasis of the acquisition is. Um, the second part of that is that, yes, it is an application. We are trying to, this is a, a members only platform. Um, and part of that is that we want to make sure that since there is so much community sharing, we are trying to maintain um, a community that is is very vibrant and exciting, but has, um, you know, a, a like-minded aspect to it, but yet has a ton of diversity of opinions. And that's where we, we really have this balance within there saying that we have communities within communities, um, trying to both, you know, draw people together that are similar tastes, but also celebrate the fact that there's a, a ton of different outlooks and different styles um, of travel out there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit about kind of, you know, where we're going, you know, with the acquisition for this, for this platform. I think, and just to chime in there, I think what's, what's really interesting about this is like, we get a lot of questions about, well, how does this scale? Like, because, you know, exclusivity, like doesn't scale. And it's, it's not so much that we're exclusive. I think, you know, to Casey's point, we just want people on the platform that want to be there. I think a lot of times, like, a lot of these bigger platforms, TripAdvisor, and honestly, even Instagram at this point too, like there's just so much noise. And I feel like a lot of people are kind of like hiding behind their anonymity um, and just like kind of chiming in to chime in. And it's just, it's become like a, especially in travel, like a really kind of, there's a lot of like hostility on some of these open platforms that don't have like guardrails. So for us, we're like, well, we want people that really want to be on this platform that are passionate about travel, want to connect with others. And so by having that gate and a little bit more of like some guardrails around it, I think it really helps. But I think another company that is an interesting study in this is obviously Clubhouse, right? So they started off as like very exclusive um, and they kind of created some demand and some buzz around that. But I think what's been interesting and how they've been able to scale so well is that ability to create these micro communities within the community, right? So it still feels like an intimate experience, even though there are, I think at this point, millions of people on that on that platform now. So that's something that I think is really important to us is to make sure that people come in and yes, find their group, find their tribe and feel like they're able to have this curated experience. Um, and that scales really well, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's giving them an opportunity to actually invest in the platform versus feeling like they don't really have, you know, a, a stake in the game of of a, necess, a necessity to to be there, right? It's just information obtaining versus totally. actually being a part of something and contributing. And that contribution is really important because that that is a lot of what our platform is based upon. You know, a lot of people wonder where we get our content from. Uh, and it's from a variety of sources, but the biggest source that we are you know moving towards and, and really trying to encourage and engage with is, is members. Um, we have a lot of content on there that members have suggested, and that's kind of the point of it. Uh, we want our members to actually be letting us know, this is the hotel I love to stay at. This is a great restaurant. And we're not putting it on this site because we're getting paid to do it. This is not on the platform because we get great you know, you know, know, partnership benefits back to us personally as a company. It's on the platform because a member has said, this is an awesome place and we trust it. And I think that's important for the you know the members you know, to, to feel like, they actually, this is their platform. This is their community and their, their um, site that they actually can contribute yeah. to. Yeah. They don't feel like something's being pushed onto them. Right. Um, from a, from a company yeah, perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
you you had mentioned, you know, obviously there's all sorts of partnerships that are going on with a lot of these hotels and restaurants and things like that. Um, what what's your guys's team like at this point? Is it is it the two of you doing every single thing? Which would you know, <laughs> like, or have you guys kind of <laughs> established um, a couple people on your roster at this point to kind of help out with some of the heavy lifting? Yeah, so we're we're an all female team, which I'm super proud of. Um, so <laughs> yeah, so there's me and Casey. We have one other full time employee named Colby, and she's amazing. She'll probably listen to this at some point. Colby, we love you. You're a rock star. Um, <laughs> And we have a couple interns who have also been phenomenal, Sarah and Samantha. Um, We've also had uh, someone helping us on social media and um, copywriting. So full-time, it's the three of us, small but mighty. And then we have, you know, support from different contractors that we're working with. Although, you know, really exciting. We did recently close a fundraising round. And so we will be bringing on um, a couple more hires. So building out the team a little bit more. Um, Because, you know, Casey and I were talking about this this morning. We are like sleep is not really like something that either of us are getting, but it's okay. Like we're both kind of like, we're okay with it. Like, cause we're super excited about what we're doing and we'll get there eventually. But I think uh, we're really excited to build out the team a little bit more um, and continue to grow the platform. Yeah. That's amazing. Congratulations on, on expanding. Um, Thank you. I feel like that is one of the things I'm glad that you brought that up just about entrepreneurship in general is like it, it's, Obviously, people know that there's so much hard work that goes into it, but I think a lot of the times it kind of comes off as like, oh, you get to do whatever you want and create your own, you know, schedule. You don't have to report into anybody. And like, I I just hate that that's kind of the um, the thought of, of what it is that entrepreneurs do because there's literally, like, you guys are literally doing everything from start to finish, like, and overseeing and forward thinking while also fixing yeah. a fire that just happened yesterday. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. glad that you brought that up of like, yeah, I feel like the entrepreneur life and, and like, it, I think there is a little bit of like glamor glamorization. And I think probably that's like a little bit of like social media too, right. Of people just kind of posting the highlights. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, and, and I want to like, I've never been happier. Like, let me put it that way. Like, I am so excited about what we're building. I think I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm so, I wake up every day and I'm so excited to be doing what I'm doing. Um, some days, like I'm half asleep when I wake up because I maybe slept like four or five hours the night before, but like, that's okay. Right. Like I signed up for this. So I'm like, I'm all in it. So I will say like, there's definitely like some, I think over glamorization of being an entrepreneur, but I think the people that are in it and really want to be in it are kind of like all in. Right. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I signed up for. Like for me, I feel like when I was in more of like a nine to five, I was just feeling a little like uninspired. And now that I'm working on something that I feel so strongly about, like, I don't mind. And I'm not, I'm not saying this is like the right like strategy long-term, but I don't mind like skipping on some sleep one night or working on the weekends or whatever, it, whatever it takes, I think is kind of where we're at. Um, and so, you know, I think it's really empowering and inspiring, but it doesn't come without also just like a lot of frustrations. Like, I think there's a quote I read the other day and I, I can't remember who said it, but it was, it was an investor having a conversation with someone else on Twitter. And he was talking about how he looks for founders that can run through walls because typically what happens is when you start a company, walls just start erecting themselves around you, which is a hundred percent true. 
like there's always something that happens. Like I feel like we, you know, make two steps forward and then something else pops up or like we try to go and do something and then this didn't work. And it's like, I think the biggest part of being a successful entrepreneur is just being super resilient. Like you just got to keep going. Um, and that's where I feel like we've seen the most progress is we're just like, you know what, we're just going to keep going. And I think, you know, even in 2020, that was a big part of what we were just like, we're just going to, we're going to get through it and we're going to keep going and come out the other side. And I think that optimism like is, is incredibly essential because to Sam's point, like there, there are going to be pitfalls. There are going to be times when the idea that you had that you were so excited about the launch that you're getting ready for the, the product launch it's just gearing up and then something goes crazy. I mean, I can't tell you how many times we were just about ready to launch, launch a destination and then a storm came through and we're like, okay, we probably shouldn't <laughs> be promoting that destination right now. That might be a little Um, And I think just like, but maintaining this optimism, like we will find a solution. We will be able to get through this and guess what? It's going to end up actually being better. And I can't tell you how many times that actually was the case that that wall, that roadblock came in, we had to pivot around it, we found a different solution. And honestly, it was better than it would have been if we had done the original route. Um, so I think maintaining that trust and that faith that like, it's going to be okay. And and you know what, we will solve this. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people sometimes too feel like when like they're going after something that they want, and things get in their way, that that's a sign for them to stop. And I actually think the reverse is true. I think if you're going for something and you're feeling resistance, you're going in the right direction. You just got to keep going. So, and I think that happens, that's true of anything, right? Like you look at like professional athletes and there's people that get to this like point up, up here and can't seem to hold my hand up. And there's people that don't get there. And I think <laughs> it's just, you, you push through and not everyone is going to push through and that's okay as well, by the way. But for the people that want to get to that next point, just having that ability to keep going and pushing through and again, come back to that resilience, it's you will end up getting there. And I think that that kind of like optimism or, or you know, perseverance is, is so important. Yeah, I, I think you guys are obviously um, putting it lightly as to not toot your own horns over the fact that you guys started a business about travel during a pandemic year, which is <laughs> like... Really, I'm I'm gonna say it. It's really fucking crazy. Um, but that does just speak to like the type of people that you are, right? Is to just like to like you said to keep pushing through and to just keep because you know why you're doing it. You know that the end result is going to be beneficial to people and bring them light during such a dark time. Um, you know, I feel like at the beginning of the pandemic, you would see all of these videos of people like um what was it? They had like their laptop in the, in the, uh, laundry machine, uh, yeah. <laughs> or in the washing machine rather yes. of, you know, them like on a plane pretending. So it's yeah. like, it's that escapism and it's, it's yeah. taking you away from the current situation that you're in. And wanderlust is never, I don't think personally is never going to go away. You're always going to be aspiring to, or at least the people who do value travel, which, which is a large amount of us, but, um, you know, you're always going to be aspiring to that next place that you can explore and see. And it's just that feeling that you go back to where you know that you're, um, I, I can't even describe it. It's just such a high, you know, whenever you, you guys probably can attest to this. Whenever yeah. you get back from a trip, you're like, where am I going next? You know, it's, it's such this contagious right. feeling of constantly wanting to 
go see the next thing, eat the next type of food, um, you know, look at this museum or look at this landmark. Um, so yeah, I, I will, I will caveat that you're fucking crazy, but that you guys did such an incredible thing that, um, I can't, I can't wait to, to actually, you know, utilize in, in the real world once, you know, once things are quote unquote back to normal. But to that end, um, you know, kind of the the intricacies of starting a business. I would I would love to hear some of your guys' feelings on um, you know, the the specific setbacks that you felt of just starting any business during such a crazy year. Um, you know, and and how you felt like you were able to um you know, continuously pivot and where you felt like you needed to make some of those changes? Um, I mean, the, the easiest place to start might be the content. I think, I mean, there's a thousand different pivots we could talk about. <laughs> I think the, 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 the easiest one to talk about is definitely our content. You know, when we launched the, the strategy behind it prior to, prior to launch was that we figured out a lot of people would utilize this platform a lot for those big trips that they take, right? Those like week to two week long trips, which tend to be those international trips. So all of our content was international um, at the end of March. And uh, obviously uh, international travel was going to be looking different for a while. So we pivoted and uh, spoke to members to figure out like, where are you going? What what do you want to see? And that's where the pivot became domestic, but it's also nuanced. It's, you know, in the past we knew we were going to eventually launch domestic, but we had envisioned it being more of like those big main cities, right? Like you do the weekend trip in Miami, the weekend trip in Nashville, you head to New Orleans, like, you know, go and spend some time in Chicago, but what we were finding because of COVID is that people were trying to, you know, kind of get outside, do more of those weekend trips. So destinations like Jackson Hole actually became more important than a destination like Chicago because more people were actually trying to get away from the cities. Um, and so I think that was one of the big things is, you know, take a breath, stop, talk to the members, see what they want, see what they need, and then come to where they're at um, and and find a way to like deliver what they actually are needing at that time instead of being stubborn and saying, no, but this was our plan. Um, yeah. So I think that was one of the easiest things to chat about. I'm sure Sam, yeah. you can refer to several oh, others. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <hell> yeah. <laughs> like the, your point is, is a really good one. And I think a lot of founders get into a lot of trouble where they have this idea and they have this like, and I think it's really important to have a vision, right? And clarity around like why you're doing what you're doing. But I think sometimes that why can get confused with the what. And so people get really stuck on the what and kind of like are focused on this one path and they aren't open to changing what they're doing based on the customer feedback they're getting. So that was something kind of from the beginning. I was like, Casey, you know, I think this platform is going to look different in six months. It's going to look different in a year because we don't know what members are going to say, but we just know that we have to listen to them and then and then evolve and grow as, as we figure out exactly what they want from us. So that's something that I think we, I will toot our own horn, have been really good at in terms of like listening to our members, changing things they didn't like. You know, we do a lot of uh, member interviews and get a lot of feedback from people. And a lot of times if it's something small, like we'll implement it right away and then, you know, reach out to that member and be like, hey, thanks so much, you know, for, for sharing that. We've actually already made that change for you. So I think none of us, neither of us are like married. I think we feel like we have great ideas, but we're not married to the solutions we've come up with. I think it's more about 
getting something in front of your your member, your user, and getting that feedback, and then being willing to to pivot or you know change maybe what you had originally planned on doing just to better serve your customer. And I think that's often where a lot of founders fall into trouble is there's a little too much ego in the way of, of not being willing to kind of let go of some of the original plans they had and move in a slightly different direction. So um, that's definitely something that we try to stay really on top of. Do you guys see, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself, but do you guys see room for any revenue opportunities um, for the platform? Oh, we're already making money. That's, <laughs> yeah. Girl. No, we, um, <laughs> well, I think it's really unique for a startup this small. I mean, it's interesting, right? Like I think, and I talk to Casey about this all the time. Our platform is beautiful and like, obviously we're biased, but it is. Um, and I think a Great. lot of times people, <laughs> people kind of think that we've maybe been around for a lot longer than we have, but you know, we've really been publicly available for like four months. (laughs) So, um, you know, we're so new, but at the same time, like we're already generating revenue. So that's pretty unique for a startup at this stage. Um, but there are a couple different ways that we make money. So right now the platform has been free, um, you know, kind of in our first year of operations. So we can kind of build our membership base. We will be launching our paid membership in the next like month or so. Um, so it'll be $150 a year that members will pay to be part of the club but we give that back to them in the form of a booking credit. So you can book one trip with us and use 150 bucks and it's essentially free, right? Um, and then the other way we make money is we, um, hotels are willing to pay us commission on the back end for any reservations that we make. And I actually want to take a second and explain that a little bit because I think this is like a really murky part of the travel industry that honestly drives me nuts because there's a lot of misleading information out there about how this process works. So I think... A lot of people think that when they go to like hotels.com or booking.com, they're getting the best price. You are not. I will tell you that right now, you are not getting the best price. They have a lot of marketing dollars and they have a lot of money and time invested in making you think that that is the case, but I can guarantee you right now it is not because they have to make money too, right? So typically what'll happen is hotels will be paying up to 20 to 30% commission on those rooms. So they're usually marking them up, but they're all also offering the same price because there's um, some rate parity laws at play where they can't undercut each other by a certain amount. So there's a lot of murkiness there. The second thing I'll say about those platforms is that hotels use um, those type of booking engines to offload some of their, their worst inventory. So when you're booking through those types of sites, you're getting like the room by the elevator or the one without a view or like the one that hasn't been remodeled yet, something like that, right? Um, Those sites are typically pretty predatory towards hotels, um, especially some of the smaller ones. And so it's not a great relationship that's been built. I think they became really popular in the 80s, 90s, 2000s because there was a convenience piece at play. Like it was kind of a pain to like book through a hotel's website and it was just easy to go online and book all this stuff, right? Um, but I think now hotels are becoming a little more savvier. They have slightly better systems for booking online. Um, and so I think that dynamic is going to continue to change over time. So if you then go and you're like, all right, if I'm not going to book with a hotel.com or whatever, I'm going to go to the hotel direct. You're always going to get the best price going to the hotel directly. Now, where you're going to get the most value is actually working with someone like us or, you know, a travel agent where you're going to get that same price that's on the hotel's website, but we're going to be able to offer you a bunch of fun perks based on our relationship with those properties. So we'll get you the same price, but then you're also going to get a room upgrade. 
Uh, you're going to get your free breakfast. You can sometimes get up to $100, sometimes even $200 in resort credit. Um, you'll also get a, a welcome gift from us, which is, you know, sometimes like a little ball of champagne or like a little snack, depending on like what your preferences are. And you're also going to get treated candidly like a lot better. Um, so I think typically in the past, like the what I've seen with, you know, travel agents is it's obviously a very manual process, right? And I think a lot of people think of a travel agent, they think of, you know, some woman in their 60s smoking a cigarette by a fax machine, you know, like it feels for some reason there's this association that's a very outdated industry. And I think part of that is just because it's manual, right? Like for most luxury travel agents, they typically are targeting higher net worth individuals um, because they don't have to scale quite as much in order to um, make money off of that. But for us, we're like, okay, most people are kind of like in between being this like budget traveler and luxury traveler. So let's like kind of live in this gray area and put some tech behind what we're doing and help automate some of this process and make it more scalable for this kind of younger generation. And so in a way, you can think of it as like we're offering like the perks of luxury travel without the luxury price track tag and really just trying to like modernize this process, but keeping the, the service and like the quality still really high. And a lot of our members, we find that they they want to do a little bit of the research. They want to kind of identify. They don't want to just talk to an agent and be told this is the hotel you should stay at. They actually want to do the research. They want to talk to their friends, engage in their community and narrow the lens down to, OK, I'm kind of deciding between these two hotels. So our platform also really helps on the, you know, where we cut down on a lot of that um, time consuming back and forth with a travel agent. And we remove that underlying question that people have in the back of their heads. Like, are you suggesting this hotel because you get the best commission at this hotel? Or are you suggesting this hotel because it's actually the best for me? Um, that question's resolved because of our platform. You get the choice and you get to see what your friends are wanting. Um, and then you come to, you know, our booking and then you actually get the benefits that are, are there with the travel agent. So I think it's a great um, kind of relationship that we've been able to build. And I think it helps a lot on the trust side as you are going through and, and in the chain, you're, you're booking, yeah. you know, through our platform. Yeah, absolutely. I know you had mentioned that you guys are not doing any type of marketing just yet. Um, do you have a plan for at what point in time you you plan to start to kind of roll that out and and try to get things a little bit to a wider a wider net. Yeah, for sure. So probably in like the next month or two. Mm, okay. <laughs> I think, you know, yeah, yeah. I think there's like even a few reasons for that, um but I think at this point, you know, we're seeing a lot of people want to get back out there and try to figure out a way to travel safely. I think, you know, as the vaccine gets rolled out and people do feel more comfortable, Honestly, I feel like later this year, excuse me, later this year and in 2022, like we are going to see one of the biggest booms in travel spending probably in our lifetime. Um, I think it's going to be like roaring 20 style, like people are going to go nuts. Um, And I I mean, it makes sense, right? Like I think people are going to take that trip that they didn't plan or that they missed out on last year. Like they're going to want to go see their friends. They're going to want to see their family. They're going to want to eat all the things and see all the things and do all the things. Um, so for us, like we're really just trying to get in ourselves into a position where we can gear up to support that growth. Um, and we're, we're already seeing it. Like we're already starting to see just organically, like more people are finding us, more people are signing up for the platform, more people are starting to book their trips. And again, that's really not something we've been promoting at all. Um, but I think 
it's it's really exciting, I think, as well. I think there's obviously been a lot of change in the past year in the travel industry. And I think we're just we're positioned really well to be able to help people um, kind of explore the explore the world again. And I think it's it's going to be a, a really crazy year. So, yes, we are gearing up for a bigger marketing push um, in the spring. I, I keep going back to this um, analogy, but I feel like where we are is like right when in Lion King, you know, when the sun is about to come out <laughs> on Pride Rock and like, you know, the plants and the animals are all flourishing, you know, out in life again. Um, that's what I'm envisioning as you're talking about yeah. everyone going back to travel, because that's so true. Everyone's so cooped up, so ready, so feeling like, you know, you never know how short life is or, you know, when things are going to abruptly stop. So you got to take advantage of, you know, opportunity to, to do anything and everything that you possibly can while, while you can. So. Totally. You know, one of the things that also we've been hearing a lot about from members is because they've had a lot of disconnection from their, from their friends and their family, we're hearing a lot of people talking about group trips coming up. And I think that's another thing that we're excited about with this platform because our, you know, we really help are able to help people be able to like plan and, and combine multiple people's opinions um, when they're planning this trip really well. And I think that's one of the things that I'm, I'm excited about, you know, in the next couple of months um, is that you kind of need better ways to collaborate on your planning together and kind of hear from a variety of people. Um, and I'm excited to see how that rolls out. Everyone I'm talking to is going to do a weekend trip with this friend or go and see family and go and do a vacation with them and, and combining multiple households together once we safely can, because we've been so cut off from combining households. Um, so I think that's that's one of the big things, too, that, that is a big trend that we're starting to see um, people talk about. And I'm excited to see that actually come together. Yeah, absolutely. As well. um, on a personal level, where are each of your favorite places that you've ever traveled to? Oh, such a tough question, but I feel like I always end up giving the same answer. I, so I'm a huge skier. Um, I actually just got back from uh, skiing in Big Sky this past week. Um, so Beautiful. my husband and I got, we got married in Tulum in Mexico in 2018 and then ended up doing um, a ski trip for our honeymoon in Europe. So we went to Zermatt in Switzerland was one of the places we went to. And it is just like, it's like walking into a snow globe. It's just like the most magical place. There's the Matterhorn in the background. You're like eating fondue and drinking red wine. The skiing is so cool. Like I think it's the only place, one of the only places where you can ski in France, Switzerland, um, in Italy, all on the same pass, like in the same day, if you wanted to, it's so cool. Um, wow. so that's, that's, it was just a, it's a really magical place. That's probably one of my favorites. For me, I'd have to say Italy. Uh, I stayed abroad there. I lived there for a year. And so it's it's a very nostalgic place for me. Um, it also is the first trip that my husband and I did together as we went to Italy. Uh, and so just, it's really, you know, it was already a special place for me. It became a special place for him. Uh, and that's the my absolute favorite trip to this point. We kind of jo jo jumped around all throughout the country. And I feel like you could go back to Italy you know, 50 times and still be finding someplace new to go. Like there's so many different ways to plan a trip in Italy. And, you know, we were there for like two or three weeks and I still feel like we barely got a glimpse of, of, you know, everything that Italy holds. So. <laughs> totally. What about, what about the best thing you've ever eaten while traveling? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the best thing I've ever eaten. I feel like 
that's gotta be Italy for me too. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm actually like not a big pasta person, but I love pizza. And I feel like some of the best pizza obviously I've ever had has been in Italy. And it's usually at like a random, like little place or something that's kind of like hidden or not like one of these like big manufactured restaurants. It's usually like, you know, you're walking around and you're like grab a piece of pizza. And maybe that's just because like at that point I'm so hungry. So anything tastes amazing. But um yeah, pizza in Italy with like an Aperol spritz is pretty hard to beat, and that might make me super basic, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say there was this great little restaurant in New Zealand that we went to. Um, it was in kind of the Marlboro region, and we did. It was one of those like course meals, and then we did a wine pairing with it. And I think that was one of the best experiences I've had because. I went into New Zealand, admittedly thinking that, you know, oh, I love their Sauvignon Blanc. But and so I was expecting that all I was going to do is drink Sauvignon Blanc when I was in New Zealand, all excited. And I had, I'm embarrassed, but I had no idea just the extreme variety of different types of wines that they have. And they're astounding. Um, and so I was, I had a ton of fun during that tasting because we, we were using, they were bringing out all different types of New Zealand and local wines. Um, to pair with the food. And it was just, it was such a great experience to be able to see that and see the different flavors of the country. Is it Mudrick? Um, probably my best experience. Is that Mudrick, Casey? Is that Mudrick? No, although Mudbrick was one of my favorite places as well. Too. I mean, there was probably three different places that we did this because we ended up having such yeah. a good experience. Um, and, you know, and it just, it ended up being, you know, we did this admittedly in several places in New Zealand because the first time was such a great experience. And it's like every single time I was just blown away. Like I, I felt, I didn't realize how ignorant I was about the wine scene in New Zealand until I got there. Food in New Zealand Um, is so good. It's incredible. Like it's such good food. How about next on your bucket list when you're, when you're able to travel internationally, where are you guys going to go? I mean, most of my family's in England. So I think the first international, well, Actually, I have been to Mexico in the past like few weeks, which was interesting. Um, but I think like the first like big international trip will probably be to England to go see my family. That's kind of like number one priority. And then um, I really want to go to Croatia. I've never been and I've heard such incredible things. I know Casey's been, so that's super high on my list. And then like bucket list, I would love to go skiing in Japan. That's very high on my list too. Oh, that sounds amazing. Um, you know, prior to COVID, it was Southeast Asia. I have just for years been craving going there and it just hasn't quite fit into our you know travel plans for a variety of reasons. Um, but now that COVID hit, honestly, I, I'm having a lot of nostalgia. And then I think on top of that, um, I had a baby this year as well. And so I'm, it's kind of changing how I'm looking at travel and destinations. Like, um, I either want to plan a shorter trip where I, you know, can let her hang out with her grandparents and have a wonderful time while we go off. Um, or I want to bring her with us and do a longer trip. And I think that the first big trip we want to do is I got to get back to Italy and kind of, you know, do somewhere we kind of just stay there for a while and just hop around to a bunch of different cities and different places. Um, I'd love for her to have the experience of, of being in, in Italy and, and taking it a little bit slower uh, than I normally travel. So yeah that sounds so nice I honestly can't wait (laughs) um yeah where are you going oh I don't think I'll be doing a big trip this year which is kind of unfortunate um but I think just kind of taking advantage of kind of some of those smaller moments um I do have a couple trips planned 
in, oh, that's not true at all. I had some things that were pushed from last year. So I'm going, I'm going to Mexico like three times this year for various, you know, bachelorettes, birthday parties that were just carried over from 2020. So, um, that, that'll be where I'm going. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the last segment that I always like to do is kind of just getting to know each guest on more of an individual, like personal level and talk a little bit more about your habits. I do want to be mindful of time though. So I'll, I'll condense it a little bit. Um, but is there anything that you guys feel like is a non-negotiable for you to kind of set your week up for, you know, success? Is it, you know, whether it's working out or getting outdoors or, you know, keeping a a journal, whatever that looks like for you, if there's anything that you, that you have to do to feel like you're, um, you know, your, your whole for your week. Yeah, for sure. I think for me, typically it's like, I walk, I take Alfie, our dog on a walk every morning and like, listen to like a podcast or like right now I'm listening to a book by, um, it's called Unapologetically Ambitious by Shelley Archambault. Um, she's incredible and it's just a very like motivating, inspiring way to start the day. (laughs) So I do that every day. Um, and that's something that it just kind of sets my day off. Right. I think. And then I'm, I'm, I have to work out. I feel like I'm like, I'm like, talk about being Monica. I have like a lot of like neurotic energy. And so I need somewhere to like put that. So I think if I, you know, if I get a run in or a Peloton or something like every day, I got to do something to kind of like help with that. I think I'm a much more pleasant person to be around if I've had that outlet. So that's something I think that's, that's really important to me too. And then the last thing is like, I really like baking a lot. Like, so it's a nice like release. So if, uh, I don't know, in the evening, sometimes I'll like listen to like my book or podcast and like bake something. Um, and it's just like, I don't know, there's something like very therapeutic about it or something where it just feels like a nice, it's almost like meditative or something. I don't know. Totally. Um, totally agree. Yeah. 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 Those are mine. I'd say for me, um, honestly, my, my non-negotiable is I, I have to spend time with my daughter. She just turned six months old. So she is just oh at gosh. such a fun age. And I feel like there's happening at every, every moment. So I always make sure I really carve out, you know, time during the day to just, just enjoy it and not just kind of let the day go by, you know? And I think that's one of the things that I really try to work on is that, you know, embrace the moment you're in and actually really absorb into it and kind of recognize like, this is exciting. This is, you know, a new toy that we're playing with. This is a new meal that we're trying, you know, maybe it's, if I'm having a glass of wine with my husband, actually have that glass of wine and, and enjoy that time and not trying to multitask and doing 20,000 things at the same time. Um, I'm a huge multitasker, so it's very hard for me to, to kind of narrow my, my lens down to just a single focus. Um, but when I do that, I find that my life is a lot more fulfilling and I'm far more productive when I'm not trying to do five things at the same time. Um, so I think that's a big non, you know, big thing for me. And I, and then kind of the second would be similar to Sam. I, I love to cook and that is my way to kind of decompress. Um, it's the few moments in the day where it's just for me and I'm able to kind of step away and not talk and just kind of have a moment to just kind of get my brain back to, you know, normal level, um, and enjoy myself, you know? And so those are kind of my, my big things. Yeah. Such a good reminder on the, uh, living in the moment piece. Definitely something I can, I can work on for sure. (laughs) 
Um, I always save the best for last. I say that um, a little bit with a, a coy attitude because it, it is a little bit of a bigger question. Um, but I like to circle around the term success only because I know that it means something different to every single person. And I like to kind of break down the barrier to say that it's not just this one destination or um, you know, this one track mind of success is blank. So um, if you could each help me understand what your individual um, kind of definition is or, or what it means to you in your personal life. Um, Sam, I guess we'll start with you again. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really interesting question. I think there's been this kind of like one track mind of what like success looks like. I think for me, success is the freedom and the ability to be able to make your own choices. So I think with that, you know, whether that's entrepreneurship, whether that's, you know, making money, whether that's, you know, being a supportive relationship, whatever that looks like, I think the ability to, and the freedom to make your own decisions is to me, what kind of success is all about. I, for me, I I'd say it's uh, the luxury to actually enjoy what you're doing. Um, I think that, and I, I purposely use the word luxury because I, I realize that for so much of us, work is called work for a reason. And um, you can, I, I've personally been in a number of roles where, you know, you are working so hard and so focused on, on what it is that you're doing, but you're not actually enjoying it. And you're not actually enjoying, you know, maybe you, you don't fully believe in the company you're in, or you don't really care about, you know, the, the industry or whatever it might be. Um, and I think like actually finding joy is something that is, is becoming more and more rare in, in work. And I think it should be such a central part of your goal. Um, and I think when you're actually able to have, you know, joy in something, then you're actually motivated. And for me, at least when I find joy in my work, I'm so empowered. I'm so motivated. And um, it's quite frankly contagious at that point. And it can really help bring up the level of, of joy for the people that you work alongside, um, or that you're, you know, around your family, you know, if you're not enjoying your work, you're probably not a very delightful person, you know, to be around sometimes within your, your own personal life as well. Um, and I think it's, you know, this second part of that is also finding balance, you know, where you can get joy from a variety of things in your life, where you're not just simply gain joy from one aspect of your life, um, but that you can have multiple areas that, that bring, bring you joy and bring you, you know, excitement and enthusiasm. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's something that I always strive towards is, uh, finding a place that I'm, I'm really genuinely happy at. Um, we spend so much of our time working and so much of our time on these things. Let's, let's actually enjoy it at the same time. And you guys are so passionate about what you do, which is so clear. So it sounds like, uh, um, you know, you guys are both on the right track to finding that for sure. If, if you aren't already there, um, I don't think, I don't think that success necessarily needs to be a destination rather than, you know, peace of mind on, on a day-to-day basis. So, um, yeah. Um, but before we wrap up, um, if you guys are able to let us know where we can find you, the website on social media, anywhere that people are able to, to find well Travel club. Yes. So welltraveledclub.com with one L, um, is where you'll find us. And same on Instagram, we're Well Traveled Club. Um, we're on TikTok. I have no idea what I'm doing, but we're also <laughs> on TikTok. So if you want to laugh at our expense, please follow us on there too. Um, yeah, and then we're Well Traveled Co. on Twitter. 
but probably most active on Instagram and then wellpravelclub.com. Okay. Okay, cool. And I'll make sure to reference all of that in the show notes as well so that people can quickly find you. Um, thank you guys both for carving out some time out of your busy lives to join me and, and talk thank about you. your story. It's been so fun to to hear more about the, you know, the background and the grunt work of, of everything that's gone into this. So really appreciate your time. And thank you. Thank you so much for having us and giving us the space to, to talk about well-traveled. This has been awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> we really appreciate it.